Hello and welcome to Cool Radio Stories. I'm your host, Tom Dobrez, and I want to uh, introduce this very special program we have today. It's actually one of two parts on building a digital strategy for your radio stations. We launched the podcast a few months ago, and we've been interviewing some great leaders in the small the medium-sized market radio industry. It's been a joy and a treat, and we thought, well, let's take a, a little left turn here and do something that we think will add significant value to your podcast listening. If you are a small, medium-sized radio station, I think you may enjoy our conversation with John Wanzung, president and CEO of Radio Max. We're going to make this a two-parter because we really got into uh, the, the, the weeds with how to build a radio strategy. So we're going to cover in this first episode how to build your website, what should have on there, and then we'll discuss social media. And then on Digital Strategy Part 2, which will be dropped next week, we will get into mobile apps and your how to tie it all together in a big 360 digital strategy approach. So please uh, sit back and listen. We appreciate your time uh, to a cool radio story about how to build your digital strategy. Greetings and welcome to Cool Radio Stories, a podcast for independent radio stations in small to medium-sized markets, presented by Cool Radio Streaming. Now here's your host, Tom Dobrez. Well, thank you. And as we mentioned at the intro of the show, it's a special version of Cool Radio Stories. It's a one of two parts, a conversation with John Wanzung, president and CEO of Radio Max. We're going to discuss digital strategies for your radio stations and how you started, where you start, what you do, and why you do it. John, let's get the conversation started with, well, what I think initially what everybody thought when they heard the word digital, what that meant to the radio industry was websites. Where are we today with radio station websites and development? What should be on them? How would one begin to strategize first and foremost with a station's website? As far as having a website, you absolutely need to have one. It's just, I think things have changed a little bit about how important the website is and more about what is the information you're actually putting on the website versus how you're using mobile. People still are going to absolutely go to your website and you need to have one. And it's interesting when we look at radio, a lot of radio websites are, are not so good. And that's me being polite in the way I say that. So I think there needs to be an investment in radio to have a good looking website, but it doesn't need to have all the bells and whistles that you used to think you need to have. You have to have the basic information, you know, your community calendar, news, how you listen to the station, how you're promoting your mobile app, links to your social media, how you're promoting your advertisers. But it doesn't have to be this huge forum where you're trying to do too much. It's the information you know that people are gonna be coming to your station to get quickly because that's the other thing the time spent on a website from what it was 10 years ago to five years ago to even two years ago is decreasing it doesn't mean that as many people aren't coming to the website it's more how much time are they spending on it they want to get the information they want to move on they want to listen to the content and more likely they're going to want to engage through your mobile or through your social media so having a clean website 
with the information that you know that your listeners want, as we just talked about, having that easily organized, easily for the people and your listeners to find is going to be your best resource. So it doesn't take a huge investment, but it's probably going to take in a lot of cases a little bit of an upgrade. But what's nice about it is the upkeep of the site is probably going to be easier than you've been used to. You're going to be pulling in an RSS feed for a lot of your news feeds. You're going to have your weather. You're going to have links to your social, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a little bit. And then just make sure that you have, you know, you're promoting your advertisers as well. Yeah, and I was just going to ask about that. So maintenance, I think when the term website was first entering the radio stations for owners vernacular, um, it was a scary thing. And then, of course, there were these uh, tens of thousand dollar price tags on uh, website development. That's changed a whole lot, as well as the idea of being able to maintain your website as well, because there's a lot better products out there for this kind of stuff now, isn't there? There's so many good products out there. And there's actually, you know, specific companies that don't cost a lot of money that can build specifically radio station websites. And there's so many templated formats that you can make look slick, look nice, easy to navigate. And the tools, more importantly, inside on how to update the site are not complicated anymore. There's, I mean, there's literally hundreds of companies that have come out with these templated sites that allow you to update the content that you need to when you need to, where before, as you mentioned, it was a pain in the butt to have to go back and update. It's not now. So just figure out what are those elements that are core to your listeners, include those on your website, and there are off-the-shelf products, or you can go to a company that actually builds comp- you know, radio station website specific to have that dashboard where you can go in and update your content. You know, it's that ease now of uh, editing a website that to me is is one of the biggest changes if a radio station hasn't visited their website recently or reconstructed it in the last uh, couple of years. They may be missing the reality of how simplified that process has become. You know, when it Facebook was first launched, I think stations, small businesses, you know, Main Street businesses, uh, went to Facebook because it was so easy. It was easy to change your store hours. You could easily make a post instead of creating a blog on your own website. You didn't know how to do it, how to get back to the very complicated admin site behind the scenes. And so you had this situation where businesses gravitated towards the simplicity of Facebook. Now the reality is if you haven't updated your website in some time as a radio station, you really need to look into it because the tools truly are there to make it an extremely easy process to keep your website updated, whether it's this weekend's uh, fundraiser you're doing or the high school sports scores, how easy all that now can be created and almost uh, automate. And of course, has significantly reduced costs. No longer is this going to be a ten, twenty thousand $20,000 process. And most uh, there's significant services under $100 a month. Yeah. And I think that's a great point is one of the reasons Facebook was so successful early on is they made those changes simple. And what's nice is if you understand how to update stuff on Facebook, not that it's going to be exactly the same, but on your website, those tools are out there to update the content, as you mentioned, scores, new programming, advertising content. That is so simple to update on the website and to be able to go ahead and you know upgrade your website, it's not expensive, it's not complicated, and you need to have that presence because people are going to, they're not going to be spending as much time there. But they're going to be looking for the information, as you mentioned, the hours. 
you know, what are the different programming slots? Who are the different DJs and having the personalities? And once you get most of the content updated other than your news feed and weather, which are mostly going to be RSS feeds anyway, you're not going to have this cumbersome effort having to update the content. You're so right, John. And I'll tell you, one of the elements of uh, the new versions of websites that radio stations have gone to is exactly that, the automation that is available now to update your content on a regular basis of customized interest to your listeners in the uh, geographic areas that you cover, whether it is news, whether it's somebody's high school sports scoring services provide some opportunities for you to simply connect or embed, as they say, a, a feed into your website, but also there's a company like Burbio, which is a, a community calendar service. It's a very simple plug-in that they provide, customized to your listener area, and it automatically populates with information and content. So whether it's the library and their weekly schedule of when the children's story time hour is, or maybe it might be the Girl Scouts and their uh, cookie drive, or it might be a fundraiser that's happening this weekend from some nonprofit. All of this information, which is vitally important to your listeners, is in fact populated automatically, and the responsibility for it is on the community organizers themselves and they're so they're engaging in your website if they know that's there they're going to go onto the website they're going to update their information uh, through the various easy to use uh, forms and it ends up being a, a one more thing so let's talk about now that we know this is really easy to do these days what is the information that you think is vital and most important for it to be on a radio station's website you know, the news feeds, obviously the news feeds are, I think, are hugely important, especially the local news feeds. And again, those can be RSS feeds. It's not like you've got to plug them in. You know, work with the local paper, work with whoever's got the, the feeds that you want to make sure that is content being talked about in your locale that's being presented on the website because you are part of that that local community and they're going to be looking to you for resources, especially if you're talking about the stuff on air. Um, weather, right? Same thing, another RSS, having make sure they got weather. And I know you, we, you know, we talked about the DJs, but I think it's really important to have that staff bios um, on the, the website. You know, we're so connected to our local DJs and having that information about them just gets us even more connected with your station, with your personalities. Contesting, however you're doing your contents, do you, do you kind of have a, uh, a fan club or a rewards program, having those. Also, the advertisers, making sure that your advertisers are well positioned on your website. Everyone that's on the air, you need to make sure that those are being promoted on your website. And we're, I'm hopefully that we're going to talk about this a little later when we talk about social media and using those on-air ads and social media. But I think there's also ways that you could, when you're putting up your advertiser, to put up an audio feed of the ad. I, 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 if I've heard it once, I'm sure you have as well, Tom. How many times does the station get called and go, I heard an ad and I can't remember exactly what it was. And to be able to put that audio ad that you're already playing over the air on the website is going to create much more impact. People that want to hear the ad, they can go back and they can get the information as opposed to calling the station or moving on because they just can't remember. Yeah, and those things, of course, take a little bit of time, but they do go a long way because I'll tell you what also might happen. That particular advertiser is going to send his friends there 
you know, listen to my radio ad, you know, it's on this website over here. Um, instead of trying to hear it, oh, wait, it's going to be on at 3.13 in the afternoon, be, be listening. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that for sure, about, I think, better ways. Sure, you know, the impact of the over-air ad is, is um, undeniable in radio. But there's now the tools when we talk about digital, how you can extend the reach and the impact of that ad through all these different opportunities for people to listen to it. Right. And I would also note, you said contesting. And to me, that includes sort of uh, any kind of promotional effort that the station is doing, whether you're going to be at the uh, dog adoption this weekend, if you're going to be even at a car dealer or you're giving away $100,000 on the air. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that. I go to a radio station website and I can't find that information, (laughs) right? Right. And that's why when we talked about the tools that are out there, is you as a station need to figure out what are the things that you know your listeners, what are the things that you're promoting, the things that you're talking about? Well, those are the things that listeners are going to be going to your website to look for. And as you just mentioned, you'll hear some do a big promotion, and then you go to the website, and you're clicking around trying to find it. It should be front and center, the content that you're talking about. So have that be a, a, a landmark of your homepage are the things that are current on your station and it's easy to change. It's easy to update and make sure that you can easily find it. You know, another simple word of advice is to tell the DJs, your live on-air talent, to look at the website and then share content right. from the website over the air and through their social media channels, which we'll get to. But essentially, you know, one time you know, I was running a AAA formatted, like really rock snobbish music and what we... Uh, we're doing was running an RSS feed from various Mm -hmm. music sources. Uh, So whether Rolling Stones had a story about John Mayer or the Pitchfork or uh, Pace Magazine had some information that was uh, pertinent to our listening audience, all that was being fed into our website. And I had a disc jockey on air reading the story from the Rolling Stones site and driving listeners. And my point was, you know what, read the web page, tell your disc jockeys every day they need to have that web page front and center on the screen. They should talk about what's on there, on the air, during their breaks, uh, the information. And so you look at it today in the age of COVID, how important this information is on a daily basis, how often it is changing. And yet you could have simple links on your web page to your local public health department to your uh, news sources that are providing the information about the state's openings and closings. And so when you have such detailed information out there being updated, just simply have put links on your webpage. Absolutely. I think, you know, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. I think having a section, and it's hard to describe, you know, over the airways, but on your homepage, front and center, big, is you've got rotating it would be almost like a rotating ad, but not. It could be a promotion. It could be, like you just said, it could be a, an interview with someone. The things that you're currently talking about, those are the things that should be front and center because that's what people are going to be com- coming to the site to hear. You know, I just heard this. The radio station talked about it. I'm sure there's more information on the site about it. Make sure the stuff that you're talking about is front and center. And, you know, you've seen them. They're like big boxes in the middle of the homepage. They're big. And, you know, they got little radio buttons underneath where you can click, click through them or little arrows and you can see all the things, the big contest you're doing, the, the remote that you're doing, the interview that you just did, the guest uh, musician that you just had, you know, the promotion you have coming up next month. 
those things need to be front right. and center. And the very first day. They'll find the other things that they're after a, a DJ bio. Right. Exactly. Those are the core elements of the site we were talking about. As long as you've got great navigation, people will be able to go, oh, this is where the news is. This is where the weather is. This is community calendar. Here's my news feed. But those things that you're talking about need to be front and center. It, you know, as you just mentioned, people are going to spend about five seconds, seven seconds. And if they can't find it, they're gone. So that's the content side of websites. And John, eventually with this digital strategy conversation, we're going to discuss how all these elements come together. So it's more or less a 360 approach and how that can be packaged as a revenue opportunity. But let's just, as we take each one of these categories, whether it's websites, we're going to talk about social, we're going to talk about mobile. I also want to get into the revenue as individual entities. So let's talk about the revenue opportunities that exist for a station website. And as you mentioned, we'll talk about this later. So obviously having the banner ad, you know, is the common thing to have on the website. In my view, it's how you package it all together. So we can talk about them individually, but if you put them in individual silos, I don't think it's going to have as much impact for the listener, as well as when you're pitching to an advertiser. When you just talk about the website or you just talk about mobile, you just talk about social, they all can do well, but when you actually package them together and have them working in unison, that's where you get the exponential impact factor. So when we talk about the specific things on a website, you know, we mentioned obviously the banner ads, but we also talked about having that audio ad available. You know, I'm I'm actually looking at a a station website right now. I'm sure they've got the banner ads up there, but why not embed the audio ad with it so people can click on and listen to it? It's not that hard to do. And you are right. If a person, a radio station owner or manager has not looked into uh, the latest and greatest web tools out there for building websites, they may not realize how simplified that whole process has become. But what it really offers is that 360 approach, even on the web page to the on-air content. So if that's all you're going to be doing, then if you have a contest, yes, it should be front and center on your landing page, your home page. And then if there's a link to more details, a second page, where there's another opportunity for you to highlight the promotional partners you have in that particular contest with their logos, with their ads. And it also gives you a chance to share that with them as well. So on the post end of things, after the process is over it's all over say oh and by the way over the last six weeks we had 20,000 visitors to this particular page where your logo and your audio uh, was there yes 100 percent and you know a lot of the local businesses you know they're they're hearing about digital they know how impactful radio it is but there's like where are my digital opportunities because all the other mediums that are coming to them are talking about digital and the one place they really know and probably worked with the, that station, your station, a long time is with the radio. But what are you doing for digital? They're probably already asking you and they're going to be looking to you to tell them what you can offer them in the digital realm of advertising through your network of services that you provide. Right. And and believe it or not, your advertisers are looking for you to provide this guidance, aren't they? Right. If you, you know. Yeah, here's what we have. And so they may not know about other things that other stations are doing now, but you once you figure out your strategy, what you have to offer digitally and package them, that's that's how you're going to make your presentation with your on-air campaigns as well. You're going to tie it all together. 
And by tying it all together in a very slick package uh, with two advertisers is what's really going to carry the day. And they will say they're not certain what to do with digital, but if you come to them and as we say, control the narrative and say, here is our package and here's how it works, they may very well look and go, hmm, somebody put some thought into this. This makes sense to me, so I'll do that. So that kind of wraps up the website. So let's just kind of uh, give you a quick summary. Uh, if you have not adjusted your website in some time, you really need to look at that because the tools that exist as well as the pricing is uh, extremely attractive. The tools are very easy to use. There's a variety of providers out there, both customized for the radio industry, plus some of the bigger players like the Wix um, and, and other products like that where you build your own site, which is, sounds very daunting, but it's really not. It's quite a simplified process. And top of that, we have the content. Much of the content now can be automated to be uh, populating in certain uh, sections of your website, whether it's local news, community calendars, high school sports scores, all of these things can be incorporated relatively easily. And then make sure that your on-air content and your website are coordinated. So disc jockeys are reading the web page themselves before open, turning the mic on, making sure that if you are contesting that that is front and center, making sure that your advertisers are getting some sort of presence on that website, hopefully also including their audio, as well as the latest news and information so in the time of COVID let's make sure that we are updating the website with the latest information even if you have a local public health organization uh, the county or the state that's providing guidance on COVID for example they'll have a website usually a special URL created that it, they are updating regularly we'll just put a simple link on your website to that so that for your listeners, it's very easy. They know to start at your website, then they can go to that latest link. And those links get very complicated. You cannot relay that audio-wise across on air because people get lost. What they want to do is just make it simple. Go to your webpage. Oh, there's the COVID link. And then from there, you can drive them to the public health pages, the governmental bodies in your area. And as long as they started at your webpage, then you got a chance for them to stay longer. You got a chance for you to promote other things going on and you get them in the habit of at least starting there knowing that they can find that information relatively easy on your site. Even if you're directing them elsewhere, that's all right. You've made them come to your site first. They're into your ecosystem. So now let's switch gears into the second part of a digital strategy and that is social media and how we can use that to continue to build this big 360 approach to the overall digital strategy. So where is radio and social media these days, John? I think they all know how important social is, but I still think radio is trying to figure out where, what is our strategy? Because you hear that a lot, right? You need to have a strategy. You know, anywhere you go, you need to have a strategy, but they're like, what is our strategy? Why do we create one? And so think about either the things that you're doing or think about, you know, even look at, you know, your kids, your neighbors, your friends, your peers, where are they accessing content? And with radio, the winner so far has been obviously Facebook. And I'm assuming most stations are doing Facebook. 
Twitter's number two. And then radio, especially if you're working more in the 18 to 34 demographic, Instagram is going to be an important tool from social media to get involved with. And I say this with Instagram because depending on your resources within your own company, within your own station, you may not have the time to invest into Instagram at this point. So my thought is whatever you're doing, you need to do it better. And then if you are in that sweet spot of that specific demographic, Instagram is something that you should absolutely look into doing. So what does it mean? What should you be doing? And so the first strategy is the content and how are you going to deliver the content and what content you're actually going to deliver to your listeners. And you probably heard of the 411 rule, right? 411 means four pieces of content that are basically content created by someone else that you think will be interesting to your listeners. Something you may have talked about, something that's just going on uh, in pop culture, whatever it is, you want to just serve content that you know that you're, is going to be interesting to your listeners. The other one, the, of the, so you got the four of those. After you do that fourth one, the fifth one, which is your one, is going to be something that you create, something that's going on with the station, one of your personalities, an interview that you just had. It's maybe something um, that you're doing with a promotion. And then the last one is something that you're going to talk about with your advertisers or a specific call to action that you want your listeners to make. So you've got to build up trust, which you've hopefully already done. But even if you haven't, that's the goal is to our social media is a way to capture and engage listeners. But at the end of the day, it has to provide value to you, the station, and more importantly, probably to your advertisers. So once you build that trust that you're providing them with good information and then you're providing something interesting about the station, then you kind of sneak in that last one, which is going to be something you're actually asking the listener to do. Do a contest. Go to this advertiser. And we'll talk more specifically about what you can do with advertisers and social media. But the main thing is to have that strategy and don't overburden yourself with too many social media platforms. Because if you only do some of them okay, that's all that'll happen. It'll only be okay. It's better to focus on one, two, and then possibly delve into the Instagram world. Yeah, I think that's solid advice. You know, own something, right? You know, it's yeah. it's instead of just like uh, a little bit of there, a sprinkle here, a sprinkle there. It's kind of like the golfer who they say, well, are you going to play the white tees or the blue tees? And it says, well, until I par the golf course from the white tees, I'm not going to move back. Why make this thing more difficult? And so it's kind of like with Facebook. Okay, if that's the social media of choice, that's where your listener base is. You probably already have invested some time and energy and effort. Upgrade that presence. Use the 411 strategy, which I think is great because Facebook was once explained to me as trying to sell something on Facebook is like trying to sell your friend something at a bar. Right. right. <laughs> and, and so, uh, but then every now and then, if you've in fact given them enough value through a national news story, through the latest Taylor Swift drama, uh, you know, just general information about public health in your community that you're pushing along that the uh, public health department just released, um, you know, that there was a new, ordinance passed. Those kinds of things are, of course, invaluable. But then all of a sudden, that gives you sort of permission to sneak in there. Oh, by the way, we have this contest going on. Or 
And I think that's a great word you use is permission. Is It, it does exactly that. You, it, you build a trust and now you inherently have their permission because, okay, advertising is super important to listeners. As much as they go, oh, I don't like the commercials, that's how they find out about cool new things, whether it's concerts or products, services, is they find out about it through radio. And so when you deliver that message about your advertiser, if you do it in a way that you've already built the trust and now inherently you have their permission, that's how you're going to create the impact to get the rewards for advertisers to continue to come back. All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, some maintenance and policies. Uh, obviously, we talked earlier when we were discussing websites that the maintenance of Facebook is something very easy. Um, and But what I mean by maintenance is, uh, you know, do you assign an individual? Do you open it up to everybody? And then what kind of policies do you think uh, radio stations should have with their social media efforts? And obviously, it depends on your resources, your internal resources. If you have the luxury and you've had at least some semi-success with social media, at least having someone to own that is going to be your best bet. Because as we talked about with determining how many social media platforms you're going to do, you want to get super sophisticated and concentrated on how you deliver your social message. And as opposed to having several people doing it, it's going to be confusing to the listeners. It's going to be confusing to the staff. So you need to probably, if you have a dedicated person, great, that's only doing social media. If not, assign someone that within your team. They'll probably, hopefully get excited about that. As long as you as the owner of the station, the manager, are giving them a consistent message, kind of going back to your questions about policy, as you build that rapport with the person who's doing your social media, you'll build that strategy and that messaging and those policies together. And I wanted to go back to what we were talking about, about spreading yourself too thin or focusing. Let's say you're going to focus on Facebook. If you're telling your listeners, this is where we're going to interact with you on social, they're going to go there. That's where they're going to trust that this is where the information is going to be. And then you can test certain messaging that you're doing and see the results of those messaging versus trying to do too much. And you're looking at all and then all the data doesn't make any sense. If you can focus on one or two of those social messages with the type of policies that you put in place as far as how do we want to communicate with our listeners? What is the type of content that we want to provide to our listeners? Going back to the 411 rule, making sure that we're being strategic and disciplined in how we deliver that content, it's going to help with making sure that you have the data to enhance those social media programs moving forward. If you don't have the information, if you don't know what's successful, it's going to fail or it's not going to drive the results that you hope it will. But if you can focus on a specific one, work together to figure out what is successful, what is not, that'll continue to drive the success of your social media. I think that's a real good point. And, you know, if the content is compelling enough, you're right. The, the rest of the audience will probably find it, you know, if if you've had the uh, John Mayer come in your studio and do two acoustic songs and you videoed that and you posted it up uh, a teaser on Facebook with the full concert on your website. Of course. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, then that one person watches that and says, oh, did you see 
you know, radio station XYZ's John Mayer uh, song. No, I didn't. Where was that? Oh, I saw it on Facebook. Eventually, that's going to just, they'll drive, you know, people are everywhere. They are on Twitter. They are on Instagram. They are on Facebook, of course. But they'll eventually find you. And then the key is something we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about is you really want to be driving them back to your own landscape you own, right? The, the you right. You're using the socialist teasers to drive back to you. Right. 100%. So now that brings up the question now, typically, well, Facebook appears to be free. I think there's a couple of things uh, that need to be pointed out about Facebook and likes, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. And it boils down back down to posting and whether or not you should boost post, which is, of course, how Facebook makes their money. And uh, the, the idea of should you spend money on social media? So I think it ties back to when you're doing an advertisers. And I'm going to throw out an idea of how I think radio can benefit from boosts. If you've got something like a John Mayer concert feed, um, in-studio performance, whatever content, exclusive content that you have, it may be worth your while to spend $10, $15 to go ahead and boost that post to reach more people that may have not been connected with you recently on Facebook. Now, initially, that is not going to drive revenue back to you today. But if you've reconnected, if you've re-engaged with some of those people because of this awesome content that you have, when you go to doing an advertising post, that is where you want to boost. And what I mean by that is with an advertiser, you obviously want as many people to see that post as possible. And I've talked about co-branding a post. And so I want to walk into what that actually means is when, as opposed to just putting the advertiser up and then, you know, whatever messaging you're putting out on social media, co-brand that message with the station so that the, the, the listeners know, hey, they've been, they, the station, have been giving me great content. They're supporting this client. They have validated, they have endorsed, basically, that this is something that I think would be worthwhile to our listeners. In turn... If you create that content where it's co-branded and do the boast, the, the, the boost, I would also encourage the station, I'm sorry, the advertiser to do the same thing. Every company is going to have their own um, social media presence. Have the station, get the station to agree that when you boost, they also boost. They put that same ad on their social media feed, that same boosted post, sponsored post, on their social media feed and boost it. So when people from there, they, the advertiser, see that the radio station is actually endorsing this product, this service, this uh, delivery, whatever the advertisement is, it's going to create much more impact and it's going to reach a heck of a lot more people. All right, John, let's talk about now what I know is one of your favorite subjects. That's metrics. Uh, When it comes to Facebook in particular, what should be measured? What should a radio station look for? I, I know at one time it was all about the likes and likes now seem to be kind of easy to get from time to time. Then I heard, oh, shares, shares are a key, key component. If people are sharing your post, you know, that Facebook likes that and that's what you should be looking for. From your perspective, radio station owners, management, what should they be looking at? It's an interesting question. I think likes are important because it still takes an effort, right? Just because... 
I see the like button. As a consumer, I've still got to take, I know it's only just reaching over your mouse and clicking on it, but why did I like it? I must have felt compelled that this was interesting enough to say to the station that, thanks, this was good content. I appreciate that. So I think likes are actually important because I don't think people just randomly like stuff just to like it, in my opinion. From what I've seen is, you know, there's so much going on in the digital world and the social media landscape. It takes a little bit of effort, and I think people are more cognizant of actually liking. So I think actually likes are an important metric. Now, if someone shared something, take that tenfold. If someone actually shared something, that means that they actually want other people to know about it. So you take your likes and then look at how many people have shared that. And if you've got a good you know, ratio um, to that, what, how many people have liked it to how many people have shared it, then you know, okay, this is something we may want to boost out because we, we've only reached X amount of people within our Facebook network. Imagine now if we can reach our whole network. How impactful that can be. Well, I think that's a real solid uh, marketing advice. Watch the shares that you're getting on a post, and then that will tell you that that is really resonating with the audience and therefore may be worthy of a boost. So now I kind of want to talk about, uh, go back a little bit to where we were chatting about the boosting a post, because I, I think many of us, I know it took me a long time before I realized this, and somewhere along the line, Facebook changed the rules on us as they do regularly. But it used to be you would go out, you generate a whole bunch of likes for your Facebook page, and then you would put a post up, and a large majority of those likes would at least see that. That has changed completely, and I think uh, radio station owners, any marketer needs to understand that even if you've got 5,000 likes of your Facebook page and you put a post out, that post is not shown to all 5,000 people, is it? No, not at all. They, uh, as you mentioned, they changed their strategy and good for them. You know, they're trying to obviously drive revenue for themselves as well. And so it's only a certain percentage and it's based on how many people are actually active on your page. And so you bring up a good point, Tom, is in the beginning, it was all about how many likes can we get? Oh, oh my God, we have 3,000 likes. We have 5,000. Oh my God, we, we broke 10,000 likes. But now... At the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. It looks good when a user comes on and goes, oh, a lot of people like this station. They like the page. But at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is how many people are actually engaging with the content. So if you had someone who liked you two years ago and they've never engaged with a piece of content, that's not actually helping you. It may look good just for the listener coming on and saying, oh, they got a lot of likes. Advertisers don't care the station, you're actually not going to carry. You've got to be able to engage with those people. And so some of the strategies we've talked about with social media is you've got to get people to actually engage with the content you're delivering. That is where you're going to actually get more people for free to see your posts. And then when you see something that has done well, that's when you boost. So you've got to get people to engage with your content on the free level so that more people are going to see it before you have to pay. Well, and I think that's a great strategy because you know it works, right? It's not like it's like a tested ad campaign. So we you put it out there for free and people felt compelled enough to share that particular content piece. 
So you know now if you actually pay to distribute it, even more people will react the same way, at least more like-minded, right? And so a nice little strategy that we've done is to take those posts that get some traction and then just boost them amongst our likes, right? So you can go right into the Facebook page and says, you know, I don't want to go outside of my world, but I, I do have these 5,000 likes and I want to share this with them. And that's literally, like you say, it just costs you five, ten dollars. But if it's a compelling piece of content that's going to build up, it may be about a contest. It may be about driving traffic back to your website to download uh, a special John Mayer show, whatever it might be. That is advertiser going to benefit from that as well, right? If you've got some sort of paid customer on the other end of that thing too. And Tom, I think you bring up a really good point about that is it's kind of different levels, right? We talked about are people actually engaging with the post before I've spent any more money. I just put up my free post. Are people engaging with it? Then boost. If you're going to boost, if you think it's going to have value, boost to the people who have actually liked your page, right? And I think that's a good, and I'm not sure if every radio station knows the delineation between that, how you can boost. You can boost to your liked audience. And then you can boost beyond that to people that you think may be interested in that content. So it's a staged process. You put up your, you know, your free post, if you will. If that works, amp it up, boost within your core network to people who have actually liked your page. And then if you get those same results magnitude further, then you have to decide, do we actually want to boost this out our network? And what's nice is Facebook's got some great tools where you can pick the gender, the age, the, uh, the location, and you can start to choose the specific demographic and different choices of who you want to boost that post to. Because if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, do you really care if someone in San Francisco heard your ad? Of course not. So you can start to create parameters about the people that you want to boost outside your network. And that's the strategy you want to take once you see something is successful on social media. Right. And the other part of that is, so that would be a case where maybe you were having an event and you needed to have more people attend than just your core audience. Right? And so in those cases, what you could do is boost that post to people that are like your core audience. Right. And Facebook does a pretty good job of matching that up where people within 50 miles of your, you know, radio station tower, 100 miles and people that like, Taylor Swift, you know, you could really z zone in with some very simple to use uh, marketing tools. Yeah, it's, it's actually really simple. Again, as we've talked about the different tools that are out there in digital, they're much more user friendly now. And, you know, you brought the example of something that the station may be doing, but think about it from an advertiser standpoint as well. You've got, let's say you've got uh, a pet store that is uh, an advertiser of yours. And so you did a co-sponsored post that we talked about. And it's a funny video of some dog eating cupcakes off the counter, right? But it's something, and by the way, you can, you know, get this whatever to help your dog not eat off your counter. Then you can actually, and that gets shares and or it gets likes and then it gets shares. Now you can go into Facebook and go, I want to find pet owners in this zip code. And then it'll share to those specific people that are not within your current network. Right. It's a nice way to expand your reach of the station. The next thing you know, they uh, maybe are listening more and more, and that gives you know, more help to the, the whole 
360 approach to the radio station. Uh, we've talked a lot about Facebook. Let's just jump for a second over to Twitter. Uh, what's the value there for a radio station? How should they consider using it? Are the rules the same there? So Twitter, a little different because it, it, it's just more, you know, text information based. And I think it's more um, for news, pop culture. Um, I think it's a way to stay connected uh, easily because obviously a lot of people use Twitter. You know, a lot of people scroll through Twitter very quickly, right? If you're familiar with it, you know, how, you know, you look at your Twitter feed and, you know, what's going to capture that listener's attention with Twitter. Um, I, I, I just think it's, you want to have a strategy for Twitter. What are the, what is the information that you're going to provide to the listener? But I honestly think Facebook for radio is a better course of action as far as how you can actually, at the end of the day, drive revenue by creating advertising and like I said, co-sponsored campaigns. Um, Twitter's important because people are looking at it. They're, um, they're using it as an information source. Radio stations have a lot of information, but to drive value from an advertiser and to actually drive revenue, I think you're going to have more successful, um, successful Facebook. And I think almost everything on Twitter should definitely go right back to the station's website. Right. So. Right. That's, you're just, you're using it as a hook to drive people back to you. At the end of the day, social media, you have the ability to reach all these people, but you want them in your ecosystem. What I mean by your ecosystem is on your mobile, on your website, listening to your station. How do you use social media at the end of the day to drive them back to you? So Twitter and, of course, Facebook to a certain extent is really a hook. It's a, just a nugget of information about something that may have happened in your community, on your station. Let's say the mayor called into the morning show, said something rather dramatic uh, by putting up a little Twitter saying, hey, here's listen to what the mayor said. And clicking on that goes right back to the radio station website. Correct. You're using it as teaser information because the example you just brought up is like, whoa, I, I, I just saw that on the feed. I hadn't heard that. The radio station's feed was the first one to give me that information. Where are they going to actually go to get the full information? Your website, if you've done it correctly. If you have the direct link for more information about this um, new mandate by the mayor, go to our website as opposed to having to go search for it. And that's exactly where Twitter can be a great value is I'm providing great information to our listeners and I'm going to give them the full scope of everything on our website. You don't have to go searching for it. We got it right on our website. So Twitter seems to be extremely important for an information station, a news station to feed out the information, any station that has a significant live community programming promote what who your guests are even if it's just a Wednesday night community round table uh, that gives you an opportunity all week to tweet out things that were said in that conversation driving them back to your website you know we had uh, these business leaders in town talking about uh, the significance of the local economies uh, crushing blow for COVID Here's what they have to say so all week long you could take that one conversation and continue to promote it and it's even in a, an intense world now where so many people say their number one source of news is Twitter. They never really say what feed. They just say, oh, I get all my news or I get a majority of my news on Twitter. Here's an opportunity for the radio station to be that key source on the channel Twitter. But where they ultimately get the news is 
where is that going to be? So these feeds are coming out. Where do I choose to go get the full story or the full information? You want it to be on your site. Now, every station is going to have a different approach to depend on the demographic of their listener. But, you know, you talked about a new song. But if it's pop culture, if you're a top 40 station and something just came out about Taylor Swift, as you brought up, and that feed comes up, do you have that latest article ready? You know, we talked about the 411. Is that part of the four where it's information coming from another source? Are you directing them to go to your station to get it? That, again, builds trust. It builds permission-based marketing that this station connects me with the information I want. And they know, I, the listener knows, when I go through Twitter, they're going to have the most up-to-date information, and I'm going to be able to go to that site and get it. At the end of the day, it's connecting with your audience, Radio 101. That is the, uh, we're going to stop there right now, our digital strategy conversation with John Wanzung, president and CEO of Radio Max. You reach more from him at radiomax.co. I'm Tom Dobrez, the owner of Cool Radio Streaming. Uh, we're looking for ways to get online, whether it's Alexa skills or just streaming your radio stations or even just a high school sports football game. Check us out at coolradiostreaming.com. Just to recap our special uh, story here about digital strategy for radio, we talked about websites and how important it is. If you have not updated your website now, it was a pretty good time to do it because it could be done very affordably and very uh, up-to-date and give you some really modern tools that allow for your website to be a lot more dynamic than many of the ones that are out there. And then we touched on social media, the importance of it, and what it should really truly be used for. Not so much uh, looking at it as a competitor, or we don't want to be there because we're just promoting what ends up being some competition from time to time. But rather, let's use it as a hook uh, to drive more of our listeners back to us and our ecosystems. Next week, we will drop Digital Strategy Part 2, which we will explore uh, two aspects, mobile apps and uh, the importance of getting one of those now for your radio station and also how it all comes together. So two parts next week, the uh, 360 approach of all digital strategy. We do hope you appreciated what we did and we uh, if you want to drop us a line, please do go to coolradiostories.com and uh, reach out to us. We appreciate you tuning in. <laughs> You've been listening to Cool Radio Stories, a production of Cool Radio Streaming. For more information, show notes, guest profiles, and more, visit CoolRadioStories.com and subscribe to the podcast at Apple iTunes, Overcast, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.